Hello, I'm Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. Many people over the years have done the Ancestry DNA or the 23andMe or whatever kit you've done, and maybe you did so to find out your nationality, or maybe it was to find out answers to questions you've always had. This podcast helps people tell those stories so that others might find them, that they might be inspired and encouraged in their search for finding family. And today, uh, I'm speaking with Peter, and Peter is in a unique situation, kind of similar to myself, in that he is the child of an adopted individual. And so he's going to share his own story about coming to realize this and what impact that had on him and his experiences uh, thereafter. And it's similar to my own story that I am a child of an adopted parent. And so coming to find out who my mother's biological family was, was a very enlightening experience for me. And I'm sure that as Peter shares, it'll be a story that we also can relate to uh, in some way. So welcome to DNA Discoveries, Peter. Hello, thanks for having me. Well, it's great, you know, and one of the things is that you reached out to me, and and that's how now I'm trying to find guests. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have a story, you are curious about this, you've found family, please reach out to me, send me an email, find me on social media, uh, or email the podcast. You can go to dnadiscoveries.fireside.com, and there you can uh, contact me through the podcast host. And uh, this is how we can tell these stories. And the first two stories we've told, last week's story and this week's story, came through that venue. So please reach out and share your story with me if you feel so inclined. So I'm very grateful you did that, Peter. And tell me a little bit about your family background then. So, of course, your family, one member of your family, your father, was adopted. And so tell us a, a little bit about how you came to learn about that. Well, when I was in the fifth grade, I decided that I wanted to get a paper route and start making some money. Um, at that time, I had gotten into uh, skateboarding. It was kind of an expensive hobby, um, one that I needed money to you know, buy the decks and the parts and T-shirts and videos and all that kind of stuff. So I figured a paper route was my only option. So I applied for the paper route. Um, I got accepted. And one of um, the contingencies was that I needed to get a permit. And the permit needed to be signed by um, the local school principal. Now, at that time, I was attending a Catholic school. So I would have to go to the public school, which I did not attend, um, to get the signature. Now, the public school that I had to go to was the same school that both of my parents and my aunt had attended 20 years earlier. So the grade school, the primary school, middle school, high school, was all on the same campus. And we went to the middle school to, um, to meet the principal and get the signature. So we walk in, the principal comes out, he immediately recognizes my father. He was a a previous student of his. So he, of course, he gives me the signature and they're talking for about 10 minutes, just catching up and talking about high school memories. 
And all of a sudden, the principal says to my father, and this is in regards to my Aunt Mary, my father's sister, he goes, she was the one with the sister, right? And my dad kind of pauses for a second, and he, he nods, and he says, yeah, yeah, that, that was her. And then that was it. No further details were given. Um, we're walking to the car um, after getting the signature, and I go to my father. I'm like, what is he talking about, the one with the sister? Aunt Mary doesn't have a sister. That would mean it would it's your sister as well. And I could tell he was uncomfortable. It was definitely a subject. He didn't want to talk about it. He all, all he said was, I'll tell you about it when you're older. And that was it. He drove me home, uh, dropped me off, because uh, my parents weren't together anymore. Uh, they had divorced a couple of years earlier. So then my mom comes home from work. Um, I'm working up the courage to tell her about the situation and present the question to her. Uh, later that evening, she's driving me to hockey practice, and I just start pestering her with questions. And she was a little apprehensive at first, but finally I broke her down, and she's like, well, your father um, had been given up for adoption. Uh, it's not something that he's comfortable about. Anytime I would try to talk about it with him, he would get defensive. Uh, the only thing he said he knows is that his mother was 16 and Irish, and that was it. And then in regards to my aunt with the sister, she had also been adopted. And it turns out that when she was in high school, her twin sister uh, somehow found her, uh, came to the house, they met each other. And my aunt had brought her to school one day as a guest. And this principal had remembered it. And that's how it all came about. So to just hone in on this story, you're saying that your grandparents adopted both your dad and then adopted your aunt, his sister. Is that correct? So both of them were adopted. Both of them were adopted, and somehow my aunt had been split for this twin. I don't know any of the details about that. It seems very odd that people would separate twins, but... Um, I guess it happens more frequently than you would think. You said a few things there that really kind of resonated with me. You know, the first thing is, is that you always knew, that, okay, well, 16 and Irish, that's what your father always knew was, that was who his biological mother was, okay? And now you did your ancestry test, and you could tell us if you're Irish or not um, in that test, but uh, it's interesting because for me, I know that my mother, they... Uh, it was always said, my mother always knew she was adopted. I always knew she was adopted. Um, that was something that I guess I just kind of realized and knew or somehow found out. Like, it wasn't shocking to me or anything like that. Um, and so uh, I was always told that, okay, my mom's birth mother, her my grandmother it would have been then, that she was, you know, that, that she was a severely sick person. You know, my mother had diabetes and, and other things. And, and so they said that the mother was very sick and she couldn't uh, fathom the thought of raising another child who had the same illness as her. And so that's why my grandparents adopted her. Now, I ended up finding my own family, a cousin, uh, the sister, uh, well, my cousin, so my mother's sister's child. 
And uh, they said, well, you know, I was always told that they came from a very strong Catholic family and, and that she had to give the child up for adoption since she wasn't married. So it's interesting how the stories, for me at least, were a bit different. So here you have this story that, okay, the mom, your grandmother, birth, the biological grandmother was a, a person that would have been 16 and Irish. Were you able to confirm that? Was uh, were those facts actually true uh, in, in terms of are you of Irish heritage, I guess? And if you came to identify the birth mother through your test, um, are those facts then, you think, true? Uh, no, they weren't even close to being true. It's kind of funny. Um, it turns out his mother was 29. Um, she, she was of German and and primarily English background. And then the father was also in his later 20s. Uh, he was German and Scottish. There was actually no Irish at all. No teenagers were involved. Um, so everything that I thought I knew was a part of me, like I, I figured why would these details be false? I assumed maybe the um, the orphanage or the center, it actually was Catholic Charities that he had been given out of, just sort of like casually passed this information along to my grandparents or maybe it was written down in a document. Um, but no, it was far from accurate. And that's kind of shocking. Like, why would they give out misinformation? Maybe, you know, we give them the benefit of the doubt that, that well, there was misinformation that they maybe it got crossed in files or something like that. But, or yeah, you just wonder how that came to be to have such information that's so different, you know, from 16 and Irish to being a 29 year old uh, individual. That's, that, that's quite uh, the difference. So you found this out in fifth grade, your father was adopted and now you're many years later, three years ago, you do the ancestor DNA. Why do you do the test? Just to get answers. I wanted, um, I'm a history major and I've always loved history and right from the get go. And part of that comes from the, the father who had adopted my dad, my grandfather. Um, he was in the war and we spent a lot of time with them growing up and he just always was telling stories about world war two, um, living through the depression. And then after the war, the different jobs he had, um, raising a family, like just great, incredible stories. And so that like instilled the passion in me and I wanted to know like, where am I from? Because once I found out that my dad had been adopted, all of those stories that I thought were part of my identity, my fabric, they, they weren't mine anymore. Um, yes, they're my grandparents, but we weren't blood related. So there's other people out there who had other stories, and I had to find out their stories. Because their stories were the ones that genetically were my stories. That's how I've always interpreted it. And of course, you want to find out this information because you want to know health information for your own sake. You know, is there some sort of illness that runs through the family? Is it going to affect me? What am I genetically prone to? So, so yeah, it definitely makes sense why you'd want to do this search. Now, is your father still alive or... Um, 
or any of your that side of the family alive? And if so, what did they make of you wanting to dig into this history? Um, my father is still alive. Um, I don't have the closest relation with with him. Um, he took he took me taking the test and finding people. At first, um, he was not happy about it. He was quite angry. Um, he has warmed up to it, and he's actually um, formed a relationship with his half-sister. But at first, it was a pretty volatile situation. Um, I have found, well, back to his half-sister. She knew about my dad. She had found out when she was in her 20s, and she would actually try to find him on her own. So he, she's actively looking for him, and I'm actively looking for her, so to say. Now, is the half-sister older or younger than your father? She is older. She was alive when he was born. I believe she was either seven or nine, but she was under 10 years old. Um, so she has a different father, too. She's a half-sister. She finds out in her late 20s, I guess it was a situation um, where her mother, my biological grandmother, just blurted out um, kind of in a guilt way. She goes, you know, I gave up a child for you. And, tip it, and she sounds like she's cut from the same cloth as my father. She was kind of defensive about it. She wouldn't give too many details. Anytime my aunt would bring it up, you know, it just wasn't a, a welcoming conversation. So unfortunately, she was kind of stuck, you know, in the same situation I am where you're just wondering and you kind of feel hopeless. But she takes the test. She maybe took a year or two before I did. And when I took it, she came up as my second highest match. And that was like the first, you know, big link towards me um, getting some of those details that I had been searching for for over 20 years. So you take the test, you get the results back, you find out your ethnicity, you say she's your second highest match. What do you do? Do you contact her? You send her a message through the website? Uh, what was that initial contact phase like? Uh, I immediately messaged her through Ancestry, and then I found her on Facebook as well, and I messaged her through Facebook. And then I even took it a step further. I found a niece of hers, and I messaged the niece as well. Um, the niece got back to me at first, told me all about my aunt, said she's a lovely person, um, and that she was going to shout to her to let her know that I was looking for her. And then three days later, I'm at work, and I'm actually in a meeting with my supervisor, and I see a phone call coming through, and I knew the city she was in, and it was in that city. And I told my supervisor, I go, I got to go. I got to take this call. And he got, like, mad with me. And he's like, well, wait, we're not done. And I just hung up on him and uh, picked up the phone. And sure enough, it turned out to be my aunt. Now, does this family that you found, do they live far away from you? Have you connected? Have you been together in person? Or is it just a... We call each other, maybe we text, we, we do that kind of messaging, or is there a, an actual flesh-and-blood relationship? 
There's definitely a flesh and blood relationship. Um, I'm in New York, and she's in Florida. I've been down there twice, and, and my wife and two daughters are actually down there right this moment visiting her for the third time. So we've got three visits with her. My father's also go down, gone down. He went down in March, and he met her as well. Um, talk all the time, message, text, email. Um, very, a very close relationship has formed. That's great. Yeah, I could say the same exact thing, that when I found my cousin, that uh, we communicate on a very regular basis. We actually go on uh, vacations, her husband and I and, and her, we go on vacations together, you know, either camping or skiing or whatever the case might be. So it, it is one of those wonderful additions that we have in our life that when we find these individuals, uh, that they can really enrich us and enrich our life in so many different ways. Yeah, it's been great. And then from my father's side, I haven't met anybody in person yet. Um, he has a half-brother who I speak on the phone with every several months or so. Um, he's been very open. He wants to meet me. Uh, it's been difficult with what's going on in the world, um, but eventually we'll get that hammered out. He didn't know anything about my father. He was completely uh, blown away by this. Uh, he was raised as an only child. He's actually disappointed. He said he always wanted a brother. Now he's got he's got one out there. Um, they haven't talked yet. Uh, my dad's kind of taking this very slowly. Uh, so he's just um, building a relationship with the sister. Um, and then additionally from his side, I've spoken. Well, I haven't spoken. I've emailed with a second cousin and a third cousin. And they've all provided me with additional details as well, some pictures, family stories. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, in the years ahead, you'll continue to make these memories uh, together. And, and it's just a wonderful story, again, of how we find family and what difference it makes in our life and in the lives of others if we allow it to. Instead of rejecting it, if we embrace it, uh, so much good can happen and so much uh, joy and happiness can come from it. And that's, you know, to think about where your story started in fifth grade, shocked about what happened to now embracing these relatives and, and getting to know them and meeting them and, and all of that. It's it's a, a, quite a story and quite the journey that took many, many years for it to unfold. Yeah, I mean, right before... Ancestry came out, I had pretty much come to the conclusion that it would take a miracle to find this information out. Because um, in New York State, uh, adoption files weren't open. Uh, children who had been given out for adoption had no access to the birth certificates. I would call the home occasionally and see if they would give me information. But that was a dead end street. They, there's nothing they could do legally. So here I am just, my brother was very into this as well. And he would go and make phone calls as well. And it's just, a, we felt hopeless and we had taken some other DNA tests before these ones didn't provide matches like ancestry did. These were some of the earlier ones that came out and the DNA results were always different than the story we were being told. 
So when I found out about the German part, it wasn't as shocking, but it was hard to grasp because you spend so many years thinking, well, 16 and Irish, how maybe there's something wrong with these. Who knows what happened, but, you know, luckily Ancestry came out and they had that matching system and it put us together. Yeah, and I don't know if people realize it. You know, I had no idea that Ancestry DNA was going to give me a list of projected relatives. I had no idea whatsoever that that was what that test was going to do. And maybe I was just naive. I'm just like, I bought it on a Black Friday sale. I'm like, I want to find out my mother was adopted. I want to know what my true ethnicity is. That's the only reason I did it. And and uh, to see where that, you know, that naivete, where it's taken me now to, to have this relationship with family. And, and I guess maybe uh, one, one last question for you is that if there are other people out there, you know, people find this podcast all the time. So if someone is maybe in a similar situation as you or as me, for that matter, we are the children of an adopted parent or our parents were adopted. Well, what kind of word of encouragement or message of hope uh, would you give to that person who just found your conversation? Uh, just to be open-minded um, and be adventurous, not to be afraid of the results. Um, whatever happened in the past, you, you can't change that. That was it's out of your control. Um, but it is a part of your history. It's a part of your identity. Um, you're going to find out good things. You're also going to find out bad things. Uh, not everybody that I've reached out to has been open and wanted a relationship. Uh, a majority, I would say, don't. But the ones that did, it's so impactful that it kind of floods those other people out of the picture, and you don't worry about them as much. In a sense, you couldn't imagine your life any other way after you've met these people and they embrace you and you embrace them. You couldn't imagine not having them in your life anymore. No, and I'm so happy that I took that test. I, similar, it was on sale for 79 bucks, and I took it and just been blown away by the results. And this is just from my father's side. There's another story I got from my mother is about a first cousin that I found and maybe I could share in a different podcast. Well, you can share right now if you want. It's up to you. Okay. Um, well, I had another cousin who showed up uh, from my Italian side and nobody knew who this girl was. And based on the percentage of DNA we shared, it looked like she was the child of a first cousin. So we're thinking, like I said, my mom's side was very close. So it couldn't have been the child of one of my female cousins because that could have never been hidden. And I don't believe that anybody in that family would have given a child up for adoption. They would have, they would have raised it. So we're thinking it might have been a male and it turns out, um, after a couple of years of doing investigating, mostly through social media um, and name searches, that um, my mother's brother had a child in high school, and this was in the 1960s, uh, that had been given up for adoption. 
the girl who was the match in Ancestry was his daughter. So I had a first cousin out there, also in Florida, um, that nobody knew about. And Hmm. just this past July 3rd, um, he actually came up from Florida to my house, and I had a big uh, family picnic, probably about 30, 40 people here. Everybody got to meet him. Wow. And so you're saying it's your mother's? Can can you just define that one more time for me? Sure. Um, my mother's brother, older brother, Okay. he had a son in high school. Um, and this, the woman who had the child gave him up for adoption. Okay. We Nobody knew about it. Um, and then all these years later, because his daughter had taken the ancestry test, we were able to find him. And you wonder if the mother's brother who had this child, you wonder if he knew he had a child out there. Did the birth mother say, I think you're the father of this child? Or was it something unknown to him? That would be a question that I would have. Uh, I don't know if you know the answer to that. They There's a story that the mother had come to my grandparents' house and accused my uncle of getting, you know, her daughter pregnant. There was kind of like a big argument. And my mother barely remembers it because she's, she was, out of six children, she was the last one born. Uh, She's the only one born in the United States. All of her siblings were born in Italy. So she would have been under 10 years old and she remembers getting told to go to her room. And then that was it. It went away. And then all these years later, as we start talking about stuff, people are kind of starting to remember some brief details. So I think my uncle definitely knew. um, And he hasn't been open about this at all. He's been, you know, turning his back to the whole situation. But the rest of the family has welcomed this cousin in with uh, open arms. That's great. And again, another example of finding family and seeing that impact that it makes on your life and to see what great lengths people will go. You know, he lives, this relative lives in Florida and comes to New York for your little celebration for the 4th of July weekend. So that's pretty incredible, I'd say, that that's how much he wanted to meet all of this family. And for him then, to for, for that individual to realize, wow, I have even more people in my life than I, I ever knew. I mean, he, had, he, he didn't know anything about his background at all. Um, he's just recently learned all of this. Uh, within the past year, just through communication with us. And he's visited um, a cousin of mine in North Carolina a couple times as well. And he has a half-brother in Arizona who came to Carolina to meet him one time. Wow. So, again, going the great length uh, to, to find family, to meet them, to understand our story. And that's the beautiful thing about this ancestor DNA. And to think that you never would have found him except for the fact that his daughter took the ancestor DNA test. And it's just crazy where the science, where the technology has taken us and brought us. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, 
years ago, decades ago, this would have been inconceivable. But now, you know, you don't have to go to the courts. You don't have to open adoption records. I know we had to get my mother's adoption file opened, and um, I I was able to uh, arrange for that to happen uh, to find out the biological mother's name and everything. But, you know, it's not something they do readily. They they declined, and then I filed an appeal and, and won the appeal. So, um, you know, but now it's so easy, and uh, and then it's like you become sleuths in a sense. You're you're you and your other family are trying to figure out well where does this fit into this puzzle uh, of our family history, and, and then you you put the puzzle together and you figure it out, and and uh, you look at that puzzle uh, for for a long time, realizing that you know it's it's a beautiful image, uh, a beautiful family portrait, you could say. Definitely. It, it's become a hobby of mine. Um, I've started building a tree that's pretty extensive. Um, from my father's mother's side, um, all the men had come from Germany, but they married women who had been in this country since before it was even a country, going back to the 1600s. And there were so few people here at this time that you come to realize that you have a lot of relations out there just because there were so few people, and if you kept going back, you know, eventually there would be more grandparents than people who had existed. So we're all more related than we realize. But to expound upon that even further with this tree, a lot of the work had already been done by semi-professionals who had been, you know, doing this before the internet was even around, just going through the different records and putting a tree together. And then when you, you start building yours, you get the, the little connections if you want to add and verify, and it just keeps going on and on from there. Yeah, you know, I haven't been able to put the family tree together, and uh, I, I don't think that's my forte. I, I can't do that. And uh, I always remember it, growing up, you know, you make the family tree, and so I, I know who my father is, and so I'd put all his facts in there, and then I'd put my mother in there, and it'd be like nobody because, you know, you have grandma and grandpa, but they're adoptive. So you you can trace your adoptive heritage, but now to be able to trace your actual family heritage, your bloodline, uh, you know, that's a that's a, a great thing. And, and uh, I, I'd love to hire somebody to do that someday for me, maybe, but who knows? Well, you know, Peter, it's been so great to talk with you, to have you share your story. And uh, I only knew about the one story, and so we got a little bonus story as well. And uh, these are stories of finding family. It's your story of finding family. So I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I really enjoyed this. And you've been listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. Today, we've listened to Peter's story of how he found his family from his adoptive father's side, and also an additional cousin, a bonus relative that they didn't know about. If you have a story about finding family and you would like to share it, I encourage you to reach out through social media or through the podcast page on fireside.fm, dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm, and contact me and let's have a conversation. Let's share your story so that others might be inspired as they continue their search to find family. I hope you'll tune in again next time.